Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Live from the Magic Stars in beautiful Monte Carlo, this is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 288. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. This is Tom. This is Cash. This is Scott. This is Mark. This is Albert. This is Becca. This is Stan. And we get mail, believe it or not. Michael V. sent us a joke. Or is that Michael V? <laughs> <laughs> if it was Michael V, it'd be Sir Michael V. Hmm. Two guys grow up together, but after college, one moves to Georgia and the other to Texas. They agree to meet every 10 years in Florida to play golf and catch up with each other. At age 32, they meet, finish their round of golf, and head for lunch. Where do you want to go? Hooters. Why Hooters? They have those servers with big boobs and tight shorts and gorgeous legs. You're on. At the age of 42, they meet and play golf again. Where do you want to go for lunch? Hooters. Again. Why? They have cold beer, big screen TVs, and side action on the games. Okay. At the age of 52, they meet and play golf again. So where do you want to go for lunch? Hooters. This better have a payoff. <laughs> Why? The food is pretty good and there's plenty of parking. Okay. At age 62, they meet again. After a round of golf, one says, where do you want to go? Guess what? Hooters. Why? Wings are half price and the food isn't too spicy. Good choice. At the age of 72, they meet again. Once again, after a round of golf, I'm surprised they're still playing golf at 72. <laughs> One says, where shall we go for lunch? Hooters. Why? They have six handicapped parking spacers right by the door, and they have senior dis discounts. Great choice. At the age of 82, they meet and play again. Where should we go for lunch? Hooters. Why? Because we've never been there before. Okay, let's give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> you are already a member, but maybe we need to think about who we let in. <laughs> that was right, I dare you. I dare you to tie this in with a stamp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought this was supposed do to they, be something. Do they have a senior PGA stamp? <laughs> <laughs> Thank Arno, you. The Arnold Palmer stamp? Thank Arnold you, Palmer Michael stamp. V. Yeah. <laughs> Let's give another shout-out for Tony's stamp company. He wrote to us last week, and because he is a good friend of the show, if you're, stopping, if you're shopping for stamps... I'm terrible. Sorry, Tony. If you're shopping for United States stamps, mint and use, check out Barney Stamps. www.barneystamps.com No need to spell it out. Hmm. I don't think we should mention it unless we get money. He, he, he used to be on the show like... All the time, and then I guess he got tired of us or something. Yeah, yeah. Tony, if you're out there listening, it's still free. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this day in history. Why did I send a check? <laughs> no, that's membership. You gotta pay ten bucks to join, but you can show you up get and free talk for but free. You get free advertising. Yeah, yeah. free advertising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stan. What do you want to advertise? 
Uh, I don't have anything to advertise except um, the stamp show in Charlotte that I'm going to in two weeks. Oh, that's a good point. Everybody who's listening to this, uh, you're too late, but tomorrow is the Las Vegas stamp show. Tomorrow and Saturday. Yeah, tomorrow and Saturday. That was tomorrow and Saturday last week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or was well, that next week? No, it's it's tomorrow, but this won't go up until next Thursday. So you guys, if you rush over real quick, you'll only be five days late. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> if I bought anything good. <laughs> That's why I thought you were coming out. Yeah, coming out. I had to- planned on it, Scott. I had planned on it until some craziness up north. And I figured it was not a good time to travel, but I will be out that way in March. Are we and having another one again in March. April? We we have we have a chair open here. April. We have a chair open here for you. We kicked Bernie out. And where is that? Uh, uh, where is that show? In, uh, that show is in Charlotte. What date? It is February thirteenth and fourteenth at Saint Sarkis Armenian Church on Park Road and. It will be my first show as a dealer. Oh, okay. Next time, when we, after this, we have to give get the uh, first time dealer feedback. See how you did. What are you going to be selling? Okay. I will absolutely give you that. What 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 type of merchandise will you be selling? Socks. I will be. <laughs> I will Tube be socks. selling U.S. mostly U.S. Some German and R- rubber stamps. Probably some rubber stamps by the or tu- some counterfeit stamps or some Albert stamps. <laughs> by the tube sock full? By the tube sock full? Yeah, yep. Yeah. got Make- some of those, too. I've got about three pair. Make sure you say hey to Glenn and Jean for me. Oh, I will. I talked to them. Actually, tonight is... No, it's next week is the, is the a club meeting that we're in. So um, I will definitely be speaking to them next week. Well, speaking of non sequiturs, this day in history, 100 years ago, an English magician called Percy Thomas Tibbles literally and laboriously sawed through a sealed wooden box that contained a woman. It was a sensation and has since become one of the best-known magic tricks performed with all manner of tools and varying degrees of blood, always involving someone cut in half and nearly always ending with them miraculously put back together. The original magic trick had a woman get into a wooden box and then the magician laboriously sawed through the box. The assistant, sticking their head out of one end and feet out of the other, did not occur for some time and the magician did not spread the box apart. Yeah, this is the famous uh, sawing a lady in half, and uh, you go if you do it wrong, you go through a lot of assistance. But one of the big things I will share to all the magicians: make sure you have good floor drainage. Hmm. The Monte Carlo Magic Stars is an event born in 1985 under the aegis of HSH Prince Rainier III of Monaco. It has become a flagship event recognized by all the great magic professionals around the world. More than 150 attractions paraded on the stage of the Princess Grace Theater, among them the most prestigious names of world magic. The first part of the show is a competition bringing together five magicians of different nationalities 
and representing the various categories of magic, namely general magic. It's a category. Yeah, I guess so. Mani- I think it has to do with uh, military rank. Manipulation, great illusions, comic magic. That's four. Uh, there's there's a fifth category of I think the fifth category is selling ladies in half. Well, you know, it also relates to magic and the fact that the uh, magic on the magic stamps that were issued a year and a half ago at the bring ABS that, show. Bring that up when we're talking about stamps. Oh, okay. We don't talk about stamps here. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we <laughs> we're still we're still trying to figure out why we talk why why yeah. we're talking about stamps. Well, it relates to magic. So the magicians compete for first prize, the golden magic wand, and the second prize, the silver magic wand. A jury chaired by HSH, Princess Stephanie of Monaco, is made up of international personalities from the entertainment world who choose the winners. In addition, special prizes are awarded based on favorites. The main objective of this competition is to introduce young talents by offering them the possibility of obtaining professional contracts and securing their futures. So this is like America's Got Talent for Magicians. It is exactly like that. And Monaco has issued very colorful and fanciful stamps for the festival. Every single year except for one. And they they started issuing the stamps in uh, 1989. And if you are a magic collector, a playing card collector, or any of the topical collectors, they have a huge range of magic on stamps. You said 89. The thing you said said started in 85. It did start in 85, but the first stamp for it was in 1989. Oh. So so, there were... so, So the post office there got on the bandwagon late? Yeah, they started late. Well, they didn't know it was going to be such a big thing. I mean, this... It started off as sort of a, hey, wow, let's have a bunch of magicians up here to this is the event. This is uh, this puts Penn and Teller's uh, TV show to shame. So, yeah, the first stamp, uh, they have playing cards on it with a magician releasing a dove. And uh, then later on, they have a uh, like swami looking guy levitating a girl it, there's just a huge, huge range of all sorts of magic tricks, except for 1989 when it just like is kind of a boring stamp. Yeah, the very first stamp is an awesome looking stamp. Yeah, and the cards form the uh, question mark symbol. Yeah. So this week's stamp topic is Scott's number 486A. I think you mean 482A. Oh, let's no. Yeah. No, I meant 486A. No, I think you meant 482A. Right. Well, that's not what the script says. That's not what the script said. I understand, but we have a faulty typist. <laughs> the we, typo. Have a ma- we have a magic typist. The, the typo has been fixed. Ah. So this week's stamp topic is Scott's number 482A. And also U.S. number 500, which falls into the same basic category. These are scarce types of stamps, and when you can identify and find these, the payoff will be huge, with a number 500 selling in the $200 plus range, and a 482A selling in the $15,000 to $55,000 range. 
many times you typed it wrong? <laughs> All the times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the prompt. So, Albert, what is a 482A? A 482A is a Scott Type 1A 2 cent on unwatermarked paper, and it's a coil stamp, It's uh, and it has Shermac Type 3 perforations, which are those rectangular perforation hold stamps that were issued as a coil. There's, I guess, somewhere between 45 and 50 copies known right now, and... Uh, um, it uh, it's the result of the the basis of the Type 1A is from the 1917 issue. They made a uh, uh, in the process of making more plates. They took the same die, but they made a a, a, a 10-piece transfer roll, and they uh, they because it was a 10-piece transfer roll that was uh, rolled into the into the new plates with uh, extra high pressure. So the uh, yeah, so the most apparent features that you can see are an exaggerated uh, um, shading around the toga button and the rope, as well as a number of smaller smaller um, characteristics in the hair. Okay, just real quick, too. This is the red two-cent stamp that they printed like 15 billion of them. So everybody has seen this. It's It either has... The numeral two, and then the word sense, and then the other numeral two, or it says T W O S C E N T S, and it's that stamp. It's not the T W O stamp. No, it's not the T W O stamp. It's the two sense two stamp. But it must have Shermac perforations, right. Shermac type three perforations, or otherwise it can't be anything. There are counterfeits of 482A made from 500s that we have seen usually made from the top margin copies of, uh, of them. And uh, uh, so they're... And Destroying they, uh, an expensive stamp to try to make a more expensive stamp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but the, And the 482A, what, I think what makes it more frustrating is, is it's not that much of a difference of color between just the regular, the regular stamp, right? Uh, no, there, it's a particular color, but it, it, but it is... But it is uh, you can find the same color on uh, both the uh, both the uh, that and also the previous 409 um, watermarked issue. You can find almost the identical color. Mm-hmm. It's just that it has to have that characteristic of that of that uh, that ex- extra shading around the toga button and the rope. So, mm-hmm. what does the extra shading look like? Describe, since we're on a podcast, we have to use words. That you know, so it's a much the line. The lines are much bolder and much. There's no, there's uh, the 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 area, the um, the line around the button is is really full and there's no gaps in it. And as well it's as commonly referred to as a recut button, but it's not but recut. It's, not it's re- just the extra pressure causes it to be. Yeah, you can't call it recut. Thicker. Yeah, it looks to me like a tire. You know, yeah, versus it does. a regular versus a regular toga button, which is you know thinner. Around yeah. the, you know, around the. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing that I always note is, um, on a normal stamp, when you see the, the top of George Washington's toga ends in a line that differentiates that from his neck. Almost always, you will see it. You know, seventeen billion of them were printed, where that line is kind of thin, or it's even broken. Yeah. But or it thins out as it goes it thins across. Thins out as it goes across. I mean, it's just not strong. Whereas on this stamp and also the number five hundred, 
the stamp stands out. You can see it. It is clearly a line that differentiates the toga from his neck. Yeah, it stands out under a loop, not necessarily, I mean, just, you know, looking at it from far away. Well, it depends on how good your eyes are. Yeah. <laughs> and how whereas, far away. <laughs> whereas opposed to uh, the Scott number 500, which is a different color from the regular 499s. So the U.S. number 500, in addition to that, is a rather distinctive color. Now, the color occurs on the 499 also, but the 500 really kind of only occurs in one color, and it's kind of a rosier red. It's a lighter, rosier red. Yeah, it's, it's less rose than more of a washed-out red color. Okay. But if you've got, like, a bunch of 499 sitting on your table, you know, from far away, from, from a few feet away, you can pick out... Uh, you know the colors that are that are kind of unique. Yeah, and those are the ones you look at to make, see. Hey, what, is this a, is this a type one A? What's interesting is a lot of times at PSE we'll get um, a four eighty two, which is the type one, not the type one A, or or even four oh nines with the watermark. People just don't even check the watermark. They see the per, the uh, the Shermac oblong perforations, and they automatically think that it's a four eighty two A not realizing that the rest of these imperforates, both the watermarked and unwatermarked type one, were also issued with those perforations. Well, why don't you discuss a little bit, why do they have those rectangle, you know, perforations are supposed to be little holes. Why do well, they those have perforations, these dashes? Well, they were, they were, uh, they're there because that's what the private vending company used to, uh, when in their machines, when the, they have to advance the the coil to dispense them, and that's what they were using to uh, to uh, grab grab the coil and advance it to uh, vend the stamps out. Yeah, the the machine had like a little hook, two little hooks, and it would hook inside of the dashed holes. And it would push it forward, and then it would slice it off. There are a number of copies that are known where one side of the perforation has been completely cut off, but they're perfectly genuine. It was just, they just the stamp didn't advance far enough, and so when the when the knife went across, it cut it cut off just at the perfs. Yep. Yeah, it was a uh, technology of the time that, uh, and it lasted for. 20, 25 years, the Shermac company was out there for a very long time. So yeah, if you're, if you're looking for number 500s and one of the, it's hard to describe a color on a podcast, obviously go on to, uh, the computer type in number 500 and you'll probably get a whole bunch of misidentified ones. But, you know, look for the ones that are like certified or in an auction house or something and look at the color. It is a distinctly different color. It's a way for you to find these stamps. And again, finding a number 500 well, out actually, of a whole bunch actually of nickel it's stamps. More, it's more a way of uh, weeding out ones that don't have a chance yeah. than it is of actually. So, yeah, it's, it's what we do with number 491s. 491s, you turn them upside down and you look for yellowish paper. The other thing I would like to caution anybody who's looking for a 482A is that immediately right after, in the, 19, in the late 1919-1920 period, the Bureau started to print plates in, in, using offset printing. 
and there's a number of uh, two cent types that are offset. And but if it may, you may think it has a strong button, but it's a completely different way of being printed. It's being printed with little dots. Is actually how it's being printed. Oh, you mean uh, comparing the offset to the to the to, yeah. to to because I don't want somebody looking at offset and thinking that they're 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 forty two A's or not. Yeah. It would, yeah. Well, yeah. Along along with the type one. Uh, 409 and 482 that you also have the offset issues so you do have to pay attention to how it was printed as well as uh, the watermark and uh, the shade and the type yep yep there's actually there's nine different types yes so well there's types one through seven <coughs> plus one a and five a yep plus it realistically there's two type one a's there's two types of there's two sort of subtle differences of number five hundred. Goodness, I just I've got a whole collection of the two cents two that I just pulled out. I've just got to figure out what they are. Oh. And they all they have a bunch of different shades to them. Yeah, me and Jim Forty were uh, at lunch on Tuesday. And Becca couldn't make it. Oh, Mark, you were there. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about this uh, YouTube video where a person found a stamp collection inside of a uh, uh, storage bin. And they pulled it out and it had these two cent stamps in it. Not Shermax, just, you know, the random one. And he opens it up and there's like 2,000 of them inside this big, huge envelope. And he goes, oh, my goodness, you know, what are these worth in the girl oh let me look it up on ebay and pulls it up and finds one on ebay listed for like fifteen thousand dollars and he goes wow fifteen thousand dollars each this must be like a million dollars and it's like no it's not a million dollars yeah but yeah if you not have even a, a million cents not That's even right. a million but if you have a huge group like that you can't spread them out over the table and just start picking out the right color ones and then take those ones and look under a magnifying glass and number 500s are found they are located they are findable um, I happen to also know that 482As are findable because somebody here found one. Recently. Recently. Yeah. Does somebody want to comment on that? Somebody's shaking their head no. <laughs> but he's going to be on a YouTube video. We're going to make a YouTube video on it. Uh, this right here topic, as a matter of fact. So uh, we will be discussing this visually on YouTube, uh, it'll go up in a week or two. Until then, you can always uh, look at the one for the uh, 594, 596 that we put up, which is getting a lot of views. We're very happy with that one. Well, that about wraps us up for today. We need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. You can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our address is P.O. Box 539-309, Henderson, Nevada, 89053. You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, episode number 288. This was Tom. This was Cash. This was Scott. This was Mark. This was Albert. This was Becca. This is Stan. Thank you.
You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.